This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our fifth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned in to the flagship slash midweek show, whatever day it is, whatever show it is, we are available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Blue Monday, uh, make your Monday a Blue Monday. Guys, this intro has gone down so well. You can tell that I'm not at work. You can tell that the brain is gone to uh, to mush. It's gone to Cadbury's fudge. That's what's happened to my brain. I'm joined by Craig and Seb. Um, gentlemen, how are you doing? Craig, let's start with you. Good Christmas. Or any good yes. presents you want to tell us about? Uh, yeah, I um, I say it was mainly books, really, that I got. Um, trying to think what type of books. I got a lot of quiz books, actually, this year. I got a, a, a Only Connect quiz book. I got a oh, Taskmaster quiz book. High-brow stuff. I'm loving that. Yeah, yeah, they got the answers very close to the questions, so I can read the question and flick over to the answers. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of books that I still yet get around to reading. Actually, a couple of um, like inverting the pyramid. I've got, yeah, nice. I've got a few books I do. You know, I've, my stack of books that I need to read is getting longer and longer and longer. But your bookshelf looks really house. impressive, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like They're mine, pristine condition. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've got, yeah. It's that Maximo part lyric. I buy books I never read. Um, Seb, any good Christmas presents for you? Any books? Any socks? Any? Uh... Yeah, the normal stuff. Socks, obviously. Uh, I got a lovely Ipswich Town dressing gown as well, which I'm looking forward <laughs> nice. to uh, to breaking in. So, uh, so yeah. But apart from that, the normal stuff: socks and various, you know bath sets all that kind of usual the usual stuff you get this time of year that sort of ties you through for for january i didn't know that we made or ipswich town made a bath um what was it a bathrobe what is it yeah What's dressing the official gown. Yeah, dressing it's gown, nice. I yeah it's decent um i think it was a some sort of recent recent re- uh, release but it, it looks quite nice i've not used it yet but it looks quite decent to be fair the silk kimono version yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Stroll around the smoking jacket with a with a brandy 
I can't, I, I can't, I, I can only think of Biff Tannen from Back to the Future 2 whenever I think of a dressing gown. So I'll, I'll imagine you like Biff Tannen on the roof of a building threatening like a teenager. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, so um, we've got, I mean, we'll try and keep it light, guys, um, today. It's a, it's a difficult one. Um, we were all travelled up to Lincoln. And let me take you back to uh, yesterday, this time yesterday, when we were probably all angrily driving back down towards Suffolk and Essex, respectively. Um, so we'll go through that later. We'll do, we'll do a bit of news first. Um, not that there's a huge amount of exciting or interesting news to talk about either. Um, firstly, Grant Ward, who has completed his um, rehabilitation with the club, um, has... Um, immediately signed a new deal uh, signed a deal with Blackpool for 18 months um are you um in this camp Craig of um never go back would you have given him a deal would you think there's a a right wing back there somewhere if we could get something out of him or are you not fussed no not fussed not for me no I think he he'd had his time here appreciate it it's in the league above but he'd had his time here we knew what he could do he played how many games for us I don't know 70 80 games did he? I don't know was he that long um, but he didn't really have much of an effect bar the first match he played for us, um, right midfield. I think Clue did try him at right wing, did he, in one of these caretaker mm. matches or, you know, when he was in charge. I think it was the Bill ended, game, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think that ended particularly well. Um, so, no, it's no, you know, duty of care on our on our behalf to have to get him fit. Fair enough, no problems with that. But, no, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep with him going to Blackpool and you can see him now tear up the league from here on in I suppose <laughs> yeah help Blackpool with their promotion challenge another winger who's left the club this time um, probably expectedly um, Seb is Anthony Georgiou who never really made um, an impact after quite a, um, an exciting debut against AFC Wimbledon um, we didn't really see much of him and that him returning to Spurs I guess also not a surprise no, yeah, not surprising at all. He had that really good debut, didn't he? It was the MK Dons at home, uh, sorry, AFC Wimbledon at home game. And he came on and he, he was an out-and-out old-fashioned winger. He would touch the uh, run the touchline, beat players, get the cross in. A very very positive player for what I remember. But but after that, he never really kicked on. I, I, he played in a couple of the cup games, but didn't really do much at all. And given the size of the squad, I, I guess it's with the return to fitness of Sears as well, it's it's absolutely no surprise that he, that he went back. It's it's weird though that I think we we are lacking wide players up and down the pitch, aren't we? Certainly, Danassian is not as good as Kane Vincent Young at right wing back or right back even, um, and Danny Rose out, and we're missing. Um, I guess it's on the right hand side. Edwards is kind of our only choice there. You both of you guys, um, Craig, we'll come back to you, expecting us to move for players in that in those positions, those wide positions in January. I, I guess thought so. Sorry, sir, but I'll say you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Because you know, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get round to formations later on. And as you say, wide players. And if, if we're going to look to play, for example, 4-4-2, who is our left winger apart from the Irish chap who plays on the right wing and right back and left back and everywhere else other than the left wing? Yeah, Georgie was our only left wing option, um, Roe being injured. Um, so, yeah, you would hope that there is something in the pipeline unless we're going to push Garber up there and, and get a left back. And Kenlock comes back in Seb because yeah. Kenlock is, is not really featured. It seems if we're going to, it's two games in a row where we've done this 4 4 2. Clearly, if you're going to change formations, there's a sufficient justification for it now after the Lincoln result. Um, but do you think it's unfair on Kenlock and Garbutt could do better further up the pitch? 
Well, Garbutt obviously started the season at left left midfield, I and mean, he looked decent in that position. I, I don't think he's that great defensively. Don't get me wrong; I would I would look to sign him in a heartbeat. Uh, I think he's a very good player, but I don't think he's as, as best at left back. So I, I wouldn't mind Kenlock coming back in. He was part of the side that had that good start to the season, um, and with, with Garbutt out, well, sorry, with Rowe out, sort of for two was it two three months? I think they said he was out for. We need a, a permanent left hand solution, unless Sears is going to be the one that that slots in there. Hmm, and I'm not sure. Well, we'll talk about Sears as well later on, please. Because I want your opinions on whether he's ready for the first team. His his mind or his his motivation might be there, but I'm not sure his fitness is necessary there yet. So interesting January window to to come, I'm sure. Um, let's jump into this, guys. Let's do our best to, as I say, keep the energy up because um, there's plenty to discuss here. And I and tr- let's try to keep it um, as well with an, an eye to Wickham as well, which is a, obviously a really significant fixture coming up in a couple of days or on the first of January, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, let's let's start with the lineups, um, Seb. Let's immediately get your thoughts on this four four two because um, coming out after the Gillingham, everyone is looking for this consistency. We've rotated, we changed the lineup or the tactics so many times. So um, top marks, I guess, for Lambert at least for. Sticking with a four four two, your thoughts on on that, or whether you thought you know it didn't work against Gillingham, maybe we should try one of the other five formations we've seen over the last two months. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work against Gillingham, but I was happy to see it because it, it breeds some sort of consistency. Harry spoke so much about convalent bonds, and you're just not going to get that if you're chopping and changing personnel and formations every single week. So I was happy with the four four two, and I was pretty happy with the personnel. My only concern, as always, is Judge playing out of position. He, he tends to wander in field, and he leaves the whatever flank he's on. He leaves it horribly exposed. And um, I'm not a big fan of Dazelle in a midfield two. I think he's great in a three, but in a midfield two, I, I do have doubt. So whilst I was happy with the four four two. Um, perhaps just a, a couple of personnel changes rang a couple of alarm bells for me. Uh, um, and they're, and they're okay. in, sorry, Rich, and therein lies the reason why I don't like four four two is because if you've got Judge playing it and you've got Dazelle playing it, and if you've got and to my mind as well, skews doesn't work in the midfield too. We've got, I don't think we've got the personnel currently that can play a four four two adequately, as we may have found out over the last two matches, I suppose. Yeah, if it's done anything, it might prove that four four two is no longer. The way to go. Let's go through the lineup quickly. Norris keeps his place. Um, awarded the sponsors man of the match, and actually, um, I think he was in one of these kind of Twitter stat account team of the round because it's not the week, obviously. Um, I thought he was shaky against Gillingham, um, and a lot of people calling for Thomas Holly to come back in. I think those calls only grow bigger now, but Norris nevertheless um, takes up the position in nets yesterday. Um, Garbert, Wolfen and Chambers Dynasty are now back four. We've mentioned Judge on the left-hand side notionally in this formation, though I put the average positions out and Judge was a central midfielder, guys. Um, <laughs> Downs, Dazelle in the centre, as Deb has mentioned. Edwards is out, right? And it's Jackson Norwood. Again, we're talking about the Covalent Bonds, the pairs, um, another opportunity for these two to rekindle the partnership that worked so well at the start of the season. Um, Craig, any uh, any other bits and pieces you want to mention there on that lineup or for or the personnel in the who picked? No, I don't think so. No, no. So other than you know, I as you say about partnerships, yes, it's nice to see the partnerships. I just don't think that they or yeah, those um, understandings work in a four four two. You'd like to see I'd like to see Downs and Dazelle play, but in a three. Um so yeah, let's okay, uh, Craig, I, I guess two two names to mention um notably who are not in the eighteen. Um Enciala, who um 
yeah, mixed fortunes against Gillingham um, and Portsmouth um, and Nolan, who I think we'd had quite a lot of discussion about um, being potentially one of these new undroppables that um, we've, we've tend to see over the years. But um, no place for him either on the bench. Any any thoughts on that? He he was injured, wasn't he? I think Lambert said was... afterwards. Well, well. Oh, uh, okay. He, he, we were told he was injured in the post-match interview that I was listening on the way home. But yes, him and wait, wait, no, both him and right. Skews were uh, were supposedly injured, hence why they weren't even in the squad. Um, Enciala, who knows? Um, Lincoln, um, this is a word that we've not heard um, probably on this podcast for maybe a good year or two. Lincoln, unchanged gentleman. Um, look that word up if you um, if you don't know what it means. Uh, 4-2-3-1 formation for Lincoln with Vickers in goal. Uh, Toffolo, Bolger, Boswick, Erdley at the back four. Morel, O'Connor in the midfield too. Jorge Gran, who had such a good game in the FA Cup um, tie at Portman Road, if you remember him. Um, Hesketh, um, who we will mention certainly a little bit more later on. Harry Anderson make up that um, attacking three. And Tyler Walker, who um, is becoming a familiar name for Ipswich Town fans, sadly, over the last few months uh, as well. Um, let's jump straight into this. Who's got this um, this first goal? It's, it starts really... I've got no action before six minutes when Lincoln take the lead, and it's Hesketh who is making things happen. Who wants to... Who's putting their hand up for this one? Yeah, I think, that, I think that's me. Yeah, I think that's me. Um, yeah, as you say, nothing really happened in the first five minutes, and I... And Joe sent out a message on the WhatsApp saying Dizelle hasn't touched the ball, and I sent one out saying Judge hasn't even touched the ball yet. You know, we we literally hadn't two of our players hadn't touched the ball when when they'd scored. Um, and to be fair to me, it's a lovely it's a lovely goal that Hesketh sets up um, just outside there, the, 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 around the corner of our um, eighteen yard box, our left back's corner, if you like. It, the ball gets pumped up the right hand channel. Uh, and the ball gets knocked back inside, and Hesketh, without even without even looking, he he runs towards our guy. Without even looking, he plays a reverse pass to Anderson, who's running behind him, um, who just yeah slams it in the corner. It's a, it's a really nice goal, and I say from I've looked at the re- replay a couple of times. Hesketh doesn't even look for him. He just knows he's going to be there. Again, is this because they know? What formation and style and system and runs that people are making? But yes, yeah, it's, it's a great goal, but. No one really tracked the runners, I don't think, on that one. From our perspective, if, if you want to pick holes in it, um, Anderson was pretty free running into our box. Uh, whether he was Dizelle's man or Downs's man, I, I couldn't say. And it, It's kind of down the left-hand side. We're going to talk more about the left-hand side throughout this, sadly. Um, but no blame really there for the left-back. They're kind of cutting between the left-back and the centre-back, really, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think... I think Wolfen gets sort of dragged wide to to try and win the header, which he doesn't. It gets knocked back inside, so it's then inside Wolferden and it's inside Garbert. Um, so Chambers is sort of coming across to stop Hesketh. But say so Hesketh just plays that reverse pass, and it just takes everyone out of the game basically. And and Anderson's running through on goal, just inside the inside the box. And I and I posted this last night. I check out my Twitter feed for this. Um, when we go behind. Um, I mean, statistically, you know, someone has replied to us straight away and said, well, statistically, most teams who concede first generally lose matches. We are we are below average in coming back from behind when we concede the first goal. And so automatically, a nervous Ipswich Town supporter base who, um, who have not been impressed over the last few months um, are already um, 
feeling a bit down on things. Um, and we're already in the sixth minute. Um, 14 minutes, Norwood gets fouled in midfield. Ref plays an advantage. Um, downs it is with a lovely three ball to Jackson, um, who is kind of tumbled into the penalty area. Um, a bit of a tame penalty shout there. Probably went down a little bit too easily. That's the 14th minute. Skip forward to the 32nd minute. Andre Dizel is fouled just outside the penalty area. And who wants to take it from here? 32 minutes this is. Yeah, I think it's me again. again. Yeah, I think it's me again. Yeah, as you say, Dizel was fouled and it was up our end of the pitch, wasn't it? And when it Ooh. first happened, I thought, well, it looked a bit soft. I thought he may have just stumbled and bundled himself over, really. But looking at the replay again, he is—he does get tripped by a couple of couple of uh, Lincoln players. There are a couple of legs there which, which do trip him over. Um, and it's pretty much if... Well, we said it before the free kick was taken, actually. If Garbutt could choose a location on the pitch where he would want a free kick to be, it would probably be in that exact location that it was sort of in line with the goalkeeper's left-hand post, if you like, and it was far enough outside the box to be able to, with it, with ease as it transpires, get it over and and uh, down again. Um, so he he and Judge are both standing over the ball. Uh, they say there's only ever going to be one taker, and it it was a out of all the goal goals that he scored from free kicks so far. It was the most, the simplest one from what we could see. It was just fairly straightforward. I don't know whether the goalkeeper got his positioning wrong, but he got it over with ease. He got it down because he hit the bottom corner of the of the goal rather than the top corner. So um, it looked like a relatively simple, if there is such a thing, a relatively simple direct free kick. And uh, yeah, we, we were back in the game. And before that, as you sort of alluded to, we we had got ourselves back into the game. We were playing nice football in patches when we got the ball down. We were, you know, at least keeping possession of the ball, if not creating hundreds of chances. But we were, you know, starting to get on top. Dare I say? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think it's um, it's this Dynastian injury on forty minutes that really stifles um, our progress. Just wanted to briefly mention this again. I posted this on Twitter this morning. On um, Chambers talked about this in his post-match interview. This weird goal celebration or lack of goal celebration that happened um did either of you get a sight of this it kind of looked like Garber wanted to celebrate and no one was around him so he kind of went right well I'm off to the halfway line and then Chambers kind of belated through oh we should celebrate this um it all looked a little bit weird didn't it Seb do you remember this one I didn't notice it at the time but obviously I've seen it on the replay since and yeah it was a bit weird Chambers summed it up when he said it was like we were a a Premier League side you know playing against a a lower league side in the cup it it was very strange Garbutt runs to the fans the fans were so close to the pitch you think it's a great excuse to to, you know really celebrate the moment it's a great goal from him so he wants to he wants to enjoy the moment and yet bizarrely no one seems to go with him Um, everyone just seems to 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 grab the ball and run back to the centre circle it was it was all very weird. I don't think the away end celebrated the goal particularly vociferously either, guys, no? Craig is shaking his head. Yeah, that's no exactly right. And I thought at the time, but I don't know whether they sort of got their cue from the fact that Garbutt just sort of was ushering everyone back to the halfway line after he scored. He sort of briefly ran towards the crowd and then sprinted off towards the halfway line. So whether they sort of took their lead from him and thought, oh, okay, let's let's crack on and wait for the kickoff and look to score another. It was, it, the way he sort of reacted was as if We'd got one back in the 85th minute and we're now looking to get the winner, you know, before the final whistle sort of thing, mm. rather than I've just stuck one in the in the corner from 25 yards out. Let's, and there's uh, 60 let's minutes have a little to go. bit of <laughs> Yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah. Um, and no one wants to kind of make a conspiracy theory about the togetherness of the squad from that. No, we'll move on. I'm moving on. No conspiracy theories. Keep, keep it light. Uh, yeah. Keep it light. 
<laughs> um, so I mentioned this already. Um, Dynastian goes off injured at this point. Um, Sears is the replacement, guys. Um, your um, Craig, your thoughts on whether this was a good call or not? Um, a cameo for him against Gillingham, as we've talked about, he's kind of super keen to get back, which you can kind of understand. It's, it's his job and he loves to play. Um, but does he need to be protected a little bit? Because for me, the substitution just didn't work. It was, yeah, yeah, it was. Was it a bit early? But thing is, bringing him on, we then were playing Freddie Sears at right midfield, which obviously we tried to varying degrees of success under Mick. Um, and then we were playing Guion Edwards at right back, which I don't think has had any varying degrees of success so far. Um, so we're now playing two people arguably out of position when you could have brought on Wilson. Um, and then you had a, you had a, an option. Had you brought Wilson on, you, you would have had options. You could have played three at the back and moved Edwards more a wing back. You could have played Chambers at right back. You could have played Wolf at right back, which, spoiler alert, eventually happens. So, it, yeah, it, it seemed a strange decision at the time. And, and two minutes later, um, Edwards is going to make the situation a little bit more awkward by picking up a booking, which seems to be a routine thing for him of late. Um uh, a minute later, um, this is a really good chance for Lincoln, actually. It's a side foot volleyed from just inside the area, hits the post, bounces out. Um, we go into uh, injury time at the end of the first half. We talked about a, a long ball for the for the first goal. Um, it's a long ball to the edge of the Ipswich penalty area. Um, Seb, talk us through this one, because <laughs> this is a good and bad goal from Lincoln at Ipswich's perspectives here. Um, perfectly timed for them just before half time. Um, yeah, talk us through this one. Yeah, a long ball forward from the the right back position. It just takes everybody out. And at, at first, I assumed Walker must be offside because he's quite far ahead of of, of Wolfenden and Chambers. So I assumed he, he's made the run early. I was just putting the flag almost to go up, but obviously it doesn't. Uh, suddenly, you see Norris flying out towards him, and you start to think we've got a problem here. He uh, it's it's a good take by uh, by Walker. He's brave because he gets he gets clattered and gets completely taken out by Norris. But it's a uh, it's it's a good goal for him. But from our point of view, it's an awful goal. You know, one long ball from the right back position takes out all the midfield the two defenders I don't know if they were just caught up the pitch or not expecting it um, I was hoping for an offside flag it never came it's a great goal from from Lincoln's point of view uh, Walker again who is becoming the uh, uh, I think was he described as the Mark Rivers uh, modern day Mark <laughs> Rivers on the uh, on the Blue Monday group and um, it's just so frustrating especially given the timing as well it's just before half time we had started to grow back into the game and and it's really really frustrating and again you know Possibly another uh, another avoidable goal, and it does raise more questions again over the um, over the goalkeeping situation. On the um, Blue Monday WhatsApp group, I call this a Sereni moment. I, I was calling back the the Blackburn one-all draw from the second Premier League season, where Sereni dashes out and effectively makes up the mind for Matt Janssen to lob him. Walker's got. Well, there's, no, there's only one thing really Walker can do here, which is get there first and get a boot on it. Does Norris make his mind up, Seb? Does Norris just stay put and this doesn't happen? I, I think so. Make yourself big, you know, uh, make the angle as acute as you can for the player and you give, it, give him a, a job to do. By, by rushing out, he makes Taylor, uh, Walker's mind up for him. The only thing he can do is chip him. And um, yeah, good goal by them. But, but for me, he has to stay on his line or come out a little bit, make himself as big as possible and force Walker into some sort of shot rather than just the, the only option was given to him. Craig, are you if you're a goalkeeper here, are you flattening Tyler Walker? Rather than letting it the shot away. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was just 
what annoyed me was how many times in a match do we just smack balls down the pitch into channels and they're just mopped up by centre-halves, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It's just a bog-standard 99.9% of the time just gets headed away. Yet for some reason, as Seb says, it just took out our... It's like, you know, Franco Baresi just picked someone out from <laughs> 70 yards away. But it just took out our entire team. And, he, and as Seb said again, if had Norris stayed where he was, the ball was bouncing so high that Wolfenden and Chambers would have both got back in time to, you know, mop up or at least delay... Uh, Walker a little bit, but yeah, terrible, terrible goal. Um, and and said what that does is convert um, what was a fairly um, decent one-all half-time scoreline to a two-one um, losing position. Um, we hadn't played particularly badly, you know. We started slowly, talked about that, grew into the game. Dynastian's injury, the substitution, kind of threw us our momentum away a little bit. But Lincoln really relentless towards the end of the first half to get in front and deserved I guess because of that effort and impetus to um to take the lead but it really the again the mood in the away end could have could have definitely failed didn't it at that point yeah absolutely because the timing of it was so crucial was it the second minute of the uh of the added on three it was a really really bad time to concede a really crap goal to concede and suddenly all the all the good work that they've been building since Garbutt's goal was all was all totally undone in an instant it changes Lambert's halftime talk you know it's a cliche you know it's the best time to score in football just before halftime it changes Lambert's halftime team talk we've got like Craig said we've got players out of position on the pitch already Edwards on a yellow card that goal really really deflated things uh, just before halftime uh, I just wonder whether I just anyone. <laughs> well, well okay. in the first no, the, well, it's a, it's a positive, but I'm going to turn it into a negative. Um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is that in the first half there were, we had, we had yet again op- options and times where we could have had shots from just outside the area. Yeah, there was there was Judge, wasn't there? There was Edwards. I can I can remember him. The ball came to him, and he was in five yards of space on the edge of the box, and he just he tried to hit it, it first it? time. Didn't it into somebody? I can't remember who it was. And everyone, everyone just screaming, just take a touch. And if you look up, you've literally got the entire goal to, to aim at, whether he'd score or not, it's another matter. But yet again, whether, I know, whether these, the, the contracts these boys have got is, you know, there's a higher bonus for assisting goals and scoring goals, <laughs> but no bugger wants to shoot. It's yeah. just the confidence, isn't it? The confidence seems to be absolutely shot to pieces. No one is willing just to, just to have that effort. And it's, it's well, yeah. Did anyone stand out for you as being as having a good first? I mean, Dazelle to me is always trying things and is keen to get on the ball. I think down them that midfield too is probably the least worst. Conf- <laughs> I'll be positive. <laughs> is the best that we could do. Five. Sorry, guys. Well, I, I quite like the put. There's it's more the second half. Wolfenden and Downs Dazelle. You can tell there's an understanding there between those three because they've grown up through the the ranks together. Uh, is is this kind of the Downs and Dazelle, if it's going to be a two, would you go with that, guys? Because, you know, the players around them, you know, they're let down by the wide players. And the left-hand side, Judge, talked about the average positions, is basically a central midfielder. If we have positional discipline from the rest of the team, do Downs, does this Downs-Dazelle partnership flourish? Seb? 
I wouldn't have him in the team more often than not, but I do prefer him in a three, I have to be honest. Um, he's the one player that can make that killer pass, and we, we saw him try it on a few occasions. He was uh, he was picking the ball up in decent areas, and he's, he's the one that's sort of brave enough to look to make that killer pass into the forwards. Okay, it didn't come off on several occasions, but at least he's trying to do it. For me, Downs would always be one of the first on the on the team sheet. He's had a, a really good start to the season, albeit a bit of a, a bit of a drop-off recently, but as, as far as the on-field partnerships in the first half went, they, they were the, the best ones by far. Jackson and Norwood didn't really link up at all in the first half and obviously Chambers and Wolfenden got themselves in a, a, a right mess with, with Lincoln's second goal so the central midfield was the the, the, the only highlight let's say of the, of the first half Craig are you going to find me any silver linings for that first half apart from the fact we scored a goal which we hadn't done for the previous two matches uh no, no, I think we're going to struggle, aren't we? <laughs> Let's move it on. Let's move it on. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, it well, was, it was quite, a... quite nice, actually. Towards, towards the end of the first half, was it was getting so dark because they hadn't turned the floodlights on that you couldn't see uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on. <laughs> there was a lovely, pretty sunset as well, wasn't there? Um, let's move into the second half where, um, spoiler alert, things go from bad to worse. Um, 51. Um, Jackson here, there's a... <laughs> This is a, given as a free kick just outside the area, which we'll, we'll miss. We'll hit the, um, we'll try, uh, Garber tries to go under the wall and, and it, um, people are wise to it. But um, I, I'm trying to remember the rules here. But is this is this a goal scoring opportunity if he's pulled back um, in on goal? There's no one between him and the goalkeeper. Can someone, uh, maybe I'm just um, clutching a straw. Yeah, he was here. heading away from goal, wasn't he? I think rather than directly towards it. I don't Perhaps. know. I don't know what the rules are Not nowadays. Sure. Um, 52 Edwards um, this is kind of the NCR syndrome um, on a card um, disciplined is going away and there's a shove on Toffolo um, and um, again we've, we've mentioned spoiler alert um, th- that will change but again probably starts to play into Lambert's mind we know he doesn't like to make early substitutions but gentlemen 59 minutes an Ipswich Town short corner routine is going to miraculously worked for us again. Um, Seb, do you want to tell us about this one? And yeah, I want so, I want a punt on who scores as well, please, because it's not particularly clear. No, I had no idea in the way end. We couldn't tell at all. We, uh, I think the, the, the rumours after it was Wolfenden got the final touch, but I don't think he was, he was anywhere near it. So it's a corner to us. Um, I was stood with the guy on my left who went, oh, we're crap at corners, we won't score this. And then we took it short and I went, why do we do short corners? They're absolutely pointless. And then sure enough, we got a uh, got a goal from it. So you're, you're expecting Garber to sort of whip it in. He plays it short. Judge plays it into the near post and Sears gets a decent flick on it and it just hits Ruffalo, um, hits him dead on. And he, he can't do anything about it. Norwood was there pressurising him. So I guess if, if, if Ruffalo's not there, Norwood probably does still still uh, tap the ball home. But it was a, a, a quite a, a lucky a lucky goal from our point of view at a time where we, I don't think we started the second half especially well. So it's quite a lucky break. And at that point, you're thinking, right, 2-2, half an hour or so to go. Let's really make the most of this now and really look to push on and, and show that we are the you know the, one of the big boys in the league. But um, a, a lucky goal and uh, yeah. A lucky goal, and as you say, we never really established ourselves back into the match. Um, it does kind of ebb and flow up and down the pitch. It becomes a little bit of a basketball um, game. 64 minutes, the um, aforementioned switch of Wilson for Edwards, who was walking a bit of a tightrope, happens. Um, Wolfenden, it is, who um, moves out to right back. Um, and this, um, Craig, feels like a substitution that was probably, you know, the Wilson for... Denassium should have happened the first time around. We've wasted a sub, is the short of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but, and as you're saying about Edwards, and as we were talking about, again, is 
how many t- he's been booked so many times this season, and they're all for sawing someone in half, aren't they? As well, <laughs> not, he's not he's not getting anyone like Lawrence used to get for gobbing off to the referee or anything. He's taking people out left, right, and centre. There was that one down at Fleetwood, wasn't there? Very similar on, on that left hand side oh, where yeah, we yeah. were standing, and he completely and it always see and he did it at Coventry as well, and it always seems to result in some pile on with all the players coming in from left, right, and centre. So yeah, he's a for a, a worry little fellow, he, he gets stuck in, but he can't tackle for toffee. No. Um, 71 minutes, guys. Um, I've mentioned it. So back and forth. 3-2, um, though, it is for Lincoln. Um, again, apologies. Who's, who's going to talk us through this one? It's um, it's a... it's. I don't know if you saw Vrancic's goal against Spurs for Norwich, um, but Morel has the freedom of the pitch, doesn't he, Craig? Yeah, yeah, it does. It was really from that Norwich, wasn't it? That, that just completely opened up for him, didn't it? Mm. Tottenham all over the place in that goal. Um, well, this one, and this is one that Lambert was alluding to, I think, in his post-match interview, was it was our throw-in. And it was our throw-in pretty much in front of our dugout on the on our left. Um, and it's thrown into Norwood, just bog-standard, thrown into Norwood at his chest, and he can't control it. And he, he miscontrols it, and he gets nicked off of him, um, and then Lincoln play a couple of nice little one-twos in the centre of the park. And all of a sudden, um, they're breaking on us. Um, Morel, isn't it, I think, that that just runs. And then Sears sort of comes over towards him and then decides to veer away from him. Dizelle, it's probably a reason why he can't play in a two, is hmm. just trotting, trotting about two or three yards behind him with no real intent to get back or take him out or, or, or anything. Um, Chambers then sort of ushers him towards the left-hand side of the pitch, but isn't really close enough to make any impact. And he puts the ball across the six-yard box for our friend at the back post again to uh, <laughs> to tap in. Can't miss. But, but again, it, it, it just comes from a, from our throw-in. And again, what you see, 99 times out of 100, the ball gets thrown into a striker who controls it, lays it off. But for some reason, Norwood yesterday had, a, had an appalling game yesterday, whether he's still just, you know, working under the sheer frustration of playing up front and not having any chances to or limited chances to score or you know no service, fighting really. against fighting against six foot four center halves and you know he 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 had a textbook nor unfortunately what is turning out to be a textbook norwood performance now whereby he gets the arse very early doors and then spends the rest of the match just bundling into centre-halves and nudging them. And the referee's picked up on it once and he will now pick up on it for the rest of the match, but doesn't seem to you know, make any effect on how he's going to play for the rest of the match. Um, but so unfortunately, it just all stemmed from that one mistake and uh, just inability to get any sort of tackling in midfield to allow him just to run and run and run into the box. Yeah, oh, well, Norwood's tetchy afternoon was going to end at 75 minutes because he's substituted for Will Keane. Um, and uh, three minutes later, um, it's 4-2. Um, again, I'm looking at someone who's looking like they're about to speak. It is Seb. Um, we've talked about the keeper. Is he a foul yeah, here? He's got to be, isn't he? It's, yeah, it's, it's a short corner. Um, they take it quickly to the edge of the box. Ju- I think it's Judge. 
that runs out to try and close the guy down. I, I guess we switch off a little bit from the corner because the guy is uh, the guy's just hanging there. It's a really good ball in, to be fair, from the from the uh, the Lincoln player. He delivers it into that sort of awkward area, the back post, and it's it's a uh, Keane. He loses his man. He, he gets ahead of Keane. You want you want him to be stronger there, but the guy gets a yard on Keane, uh, hits the post, and Norris is just unlucky. You know, it bounces off the post, hits Norris's arm, and goes into the back of the net. But for me, you want Keane to be the strong player there. To maybe he didn't read the the short call. Maybe he switched off. I'm I'm not sure. But uh, again, a, a pretty poor goal to, to concede from our point of view. Uh, the ball is very good, but you know, clear your lines, do the basics, do, do basic things at this stage of the game, and and we just don't do it. It's an unfortunate bounce, isn't it, off off the post to hit Norris, isn't it? But yeah, I don't really blame Norris. He couldn't have come for it. It was delivered a decent ball in a, in a, in a bit of pace to a dangerous area. Um, Keane is the one who unfortunately has to has to stay switched on and not let the guy get goal side of him, but he he does. There was some um, real anger building in our in my little neck of the woods behind the goal at that point. Is that had... you? You started it, Craig, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, there's a um, they had a little period, didn't they, of having a few corners in a, in a row, and um, some there were lots of free headers from Lincoln's perspective in the box as well. And despite us having 11 men in the box, um, we managed to have one of their players free, you know, four yards out to... Uh, to tapping across so market yeah, was, was particularly some... poor yesterday wasn't it yeah. yeah 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 there were a lot of free headers and it just things are bubbling and i say we had everyone in the box and no one marking the guys from lincoln who were just dotted outside the box it was just yeah not great yesterday and i think it was an ang- there was an angry point where i think jackson was shouted up the pitch by the away and wasn't there you think all 11 came back as you said for the corner and there was a point where jackson i don't know if it was the bench or it was 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 the away end kind of went well we're chasing the game. There's no point you being back here as well because you're not exactly going to beat someone in the air for for a header. But um, it was starting to get a little bit tasty at that point, wasn't it? In the end, um, 83 minutes. We have another goal. I mean, it's a goal fest, guys. At least we got goals. Um, and it's Wolfenden and Downs combining um, again. I'm looking for someone who's positively got an expression on their face. Craig, tell us about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's um, it is square from Wolfenden. Yeah, as you as you as you spoke about earlier, it was Wolfenden, Downs, and Dazell. Basically, the three of them combined together. I think Wolfenden played Dazell. Dazell picked out Downs. Downs then knocked it wide to Sears, and Sears played it first time into Keane, um, who took a touch with the left and hit it with his right into the far corner. That was a, a lovely finish. Nice goal, wasn't it? Um, it wasn't. It was a nice goal. I'm sure there was someone standing not very far away from you guys who was more than happy that Will Keane had scored <laughs> such a delightful. Uh, hipsterish goal um but i say it was it was you say as you spoke about earlier it's just that little bit of understanding and you do see it in flashes um sometimes between the guys who have who've grown up together through the through the age groups and it is something that we saw um which was it the the middle of the trilogy uh, against coventry when although it was nolan who was playing in the midfield three with downs and azel but between the three of them i thought they all mm. played very nicely in right hand side movement thingy that we saw yeah that. just yeah. But they just rotate positions and they were quite fluid with each other in terms of you know covering for each other and that obviously came to an end once lambert decided to get rid of his wingers but that wasn't a 442 that was a four well what do you want to call it a four three or a four five one but it it worked that in that perspective in that way and it worked because those players were on the pitch and they combined well but just a little just a little mention for Sears there it was a it was a lovely little ball first time ball in from Sears and it just sort of showed what he can can do for us hopefully you know he's just got a little bit more nous about him and you know it's maybe something we should be expecting from the 
diminutive winger on the other side of the pitch, maybe. <laughs> what winger on the other nominally, side of the pitch? Nominally, nominally the other yes, side yes, of the pitch. Yes, yes, um, yes. Five minutes is added. I, I, I'm not sure that at any point there's a credible threat from from Ipswich to get the equaliser. Um, what there is is quite a tetchy exchange between Norris and the referee. The Norris thinks he's had the ball kicked out of his hands or blocked, um, making a clearance, and thinks he's got a free kick. The referee and his linesman not helping him out by suggest- telling him it's actually a goal kick because I think there's Norris. Close to clear the ball, it, it hits someone, bounces up, and they miss the chance, don't they? It's effectively an open goal. And that would have been given because the referee didn't give the foul. That could have been very nasty. But, yeah, that was a bit of a... Seb, you want to say something, don't you? That was a bit of an arsey moment there, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously not seen it back or anything, but I just thought Norris messed up there. Um, yeah. I've only, I've not, there's no replay of it. I've not seen it anywhere else. But to me, he just messed up throwing the ball out and then, you know, to, to try and cover his own back, remonstrated with the referee. But for, for me, it was a goalkeeping error. He was very lucky there. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and the thing is, the, the, yeah. crowd were, the crowd were just screaming at him, for God's sake, don't worry about it. Just get the ball back yeah. into your bloody area so we can get the yeah, ball yeah, against. Yeah. We must, you must have wasted take... two minutes to just moan at the referee for no reason. Yeah, yeah two or three times. He's picking the ball up, moving back, picking it up, moving back. Just get on with it. Take it back and just boot it up the pitch. Absolutely ridiculous. We also had the fabled crowd keep the ball until the last minute when they get another ball out and throw it back onto the pitch at that point. Oh, that was cool. You could see that coming a mile off, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. An old classic. That, that's, to be fair to him, that's always a good laugh. And then um, in uh, partway through this five minutes of added time, um, we've <laughs> the final nail in the Ipswich Town coffin. This is um, it's a good counter, actually. Um, I think I give us the benefit of the doubt in terms of being pushed up, trying to chase with the equaliser, but it's particularly easy. Um, it's Hesketh involved again, um, and I'm a look at Seb. Yeah, this one I'm not too not too angry or too bothered about. You know, we're up the pitch, we're pushing on, we just get just get caught out on the uh, on the break. I'm not sure who the uh, who the player is, the Lincoln player in the right hand position. I'm not who that player is, but he plays a great ball through to Walker. He takes out, I think it's Wilson and uh, either Garber or Judge trying to track track back. He takes them both out. Chambers is left two on one. He tries to come to Walker. Walker simple ball pass to to Hesketh who who just finishes well. And 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 that one I can accept. I wasn't that angry about that one because you know. There's two minutes to go. We're chasing that equaliser. So for, for me, that was just the, the kind of... At that point, apathy had set in and I wasn't too bothered about that one at all. Uh, does this goal stand in the in the world of VAR? It's it's probably a you know an armpit or an elbow. It's, it looks tight. He's onside on the I angle that was, I've seen. I don't think it's that tight. I've looked at it a few times. I think Chambers, he just ties his, his run well. He, he, he waits and then he Chambers sort of makes a move towards Walker and then he's... I, I don't think he's offside. And that is your lot, Lincoln, very happy with themselves. Ipswich Town fans, 1,700 of them at that point, is probably down to about 1,000 of them who stuck around for the end of it. Um, uh, Craig, you, you you mentioned this on the Blue Monday WhatsApp group. Um, a weird kind of post-match feeling where there was anger there, but there are people who don't want to be unnecessarily angry to Lambert because they support him, those that are upset with Lambert, and then there are people upset with the players it was all a little bit handbagsy and a little bit, but a little bit nothing, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't an aggressive boo at full time. There were boos, obviously, but it was a bit half ass, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I myself, I'm a little boy. We pretty much timed our run exactly from when we knew the referee was about to blow his whistle to get to the bottom of the stairs to start wandering out. So I wasn't there for any, you know, clapping of players or non-clapping of players, etc. But yeah, there were there were a couple of guys just to my left who were screaming blue murder about Marcus Evans 
out into the ether. Um, but and you know there were a lot of angry people just at the situation that we found ourselves in during the course of the match, and you know it's just a, just a shambles of a performance, really. Just one of them. But as you say, who? <laughs> it's nice to have a point of anger for people, isn't it? But they just didn't know they didn't know who to be angry at. As you say, is it the players because they haven't played particularly well? Is it the manager because he's set them up in a particular way? Is it the owner for reasons we all know? That there was anger, but it was not manifesting itself at anyone in particular that I could tell. It wasn't particularly concentrated, was it? And you know, we've we've had a, quite a fractious post match on social media, as you'd expect. There's a lot of We've kind of credited Lambert with with um, reconciling the club after and the supporters after a year or two of kind of acrimonious splits with two managers, um, but it it doesn't appear to be healed there. And and this kind of moment with with on such a terrible run, you know, we've we've finally got a bit of tactical consistency, albeit I'm not sure the players maybe carried out the instructions they were given. But but Seb, it's a really helpless sense at the end of that match wasn't it where you know what where do we go from here you know we this feels like not the end we need we desperately desperately need a win to get us back on track don't we yeah absolutely i mean like craig said you don't really know who to aim the anger at um is it evan's fault for being in this league is a bigger picture yes uh, at least lambert did stick with the same formation sort of two two games on the bounce is it the players not doing what he's telling them to do i mean judge has been selected at left midfield but as you put when you put the positions on Twitter the day, he, he didn't stick to that position at all. So is he told he's got free roam? Is he ignoring Lambert on the pitch? It's it's just I don't know who to who to blame. But my God, we need to win desperately. The only saving grace, I guess, is that despite this awful awful run, we are still fourth, and Wickham are in a hell of a bad run of form themselves. On uh, coming up on uh, what, I don't know what day is today, Wednesday, New Year's Day, whenever that is. Um, hopefully, God willing, maybe we'll finally break the sky curse, and maybe what that, like Lambert says today, that might well be a, a result to kickstart a bit of a revival. Yeah, a long come up switch, as the saying. Well, goes. yeah, we had a conversation in the car on the way up, didn't we? I think didn't you, Rich? Didn't you say Lincoln have uh, have been a bit of a, a bad run of form recently? So straight away, I said, well, that's us screwed then, because the one side you want to come to town if you're struggling for goal scoring or picking up results is us. Wickham. Yeah, and Walker hadn't oh, scored right, any yeah. for a Tyler Walker hadn't scored for like one goal <laughs> in six weeks or something like that, hadn't he? Yeah, well, Lincoln's form was patchy. Wickham's form, we'll come on to that at the end. Not so good. So again, a long come. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So let's do some questions, guys. Um, I'll try and pitch these um, as equitably as I can. We'll start with this one where Craig has already intervened. Um, Kevy T... Um, FFS, I don't know what that means. I assume it's offensive. <laughs> um, get two old sweaty-ass players who know some tricks, like Paul Goddard and Steve Witten, and we're up. You're an advocate, Seb, for um, a big hulking striker, like the Akin Fenwa kind of mold, aren't you? Um, but, yeah, yeah, guys, tell us about, yeah, what, what do we do? Are a bit naive? I think I'm inferring some f- stuff from the question there. I mean, we've, we've been described as a non-streetwise team for years haven't we we're not we're not savvy when it comes to when it comes to football I think Roy Keane said that and that must be you know 11 10 11 years ago so that, that's something that's always always been there I would like a big physical brute um, of a centre after uh, sorry centre forward to join us in January that's not saying I want to go to any kind of long ball any kind of you know hoof it up to him but I, I think we need someone with a physical presence up there and then have the runners the likes of Sears and Edwards and Rowe when he's fit and either Jackson or Norwood to uh, to make runs off him and, and just someone who could hold the ball up because so many times yesterday the ball was just coming straight back to us from our own goal kicks and whatnot. Greg, are we are we um, are we too naive? And is Steve Witten a player in the mould of Steve Witten? I mean, I know that's you know we're looking at Messi and Ronaldo. We're looking that, at a lot of man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think we'll be. They, those kind of to... players don't grow on trees. But do you agree that we're a bit naive and we need a, a few more streetwise players, maybe from this level, um, to bot to give us a bit of more of a you know? What was noticeable? Well, what we thought yesterday was just how quiet we were as a team. Mm. Um, you know, Chamb- on the Chambers. Pitch. Correct. Yeah, that's right. You know, you look at that team yesterday, and how many of them are actual, you know, proper shouters and bawling at people. Chambers sort of is, but they, who else? Norwood. He'll have a moan and a groan at people, but it's, I don't think it's particularly. Really yeah, that's right. It's not particularly <laughs> constructive. I don't think to his own teammates. But you know, where's our Magilton in the middle of the pitch? You know screaming at people to do the right thing where are our, you know it's, it's it's been said before but where are our leaders on the pitch now wilson comes on he's quiet isn't he wolfenden's quiet Danassian's quiet downs you know he doesn't he's not a shouter on the pitch it's it's he's, he's a young kid for god's sake but Dazelle mm. doesn't say boo to a goose but so we're just a very very quiet team and there was they say there were a point yesterday where chambers was having to instruct Edwards on where to where he should be playing right back because it's not where he plays. Well, that's not really what he should be doing during the course of a match, you would hope. But let's say the, the team as a whole just seems quiet. And whether that's we have to you know, eventually we'll need a new captain and who that captain is, I don't know who it will be. But you know, there, when we brought in Mowbray, when we brought in Holland, when we, we brought in Magilton, we were bringing in not necessarily t- players who are, in Holland's case, experienced at that level, but they were leaders leaders of men i just think we're lacking leaders and have been for a while to be fair yeah um scott moore seb um and we've probably dealt with this but um i'll, I'll give you a second bite to it as well what looked like a strong squad at the start of the season now looks very weak where do Ipswich need to strengthen in january to get back on track you've mentioned 
your striker. We've talked, I've mentioned at the start, the wide players. Are we, are we missing anything there? I would still, I think I said it on the pod last time, I, I would still give Smith, Tommy Smith a uh, six-month or an 18-month contract as either cover or to, to, to come in alongside at the back. I, I rate him higher than NCR, and I, I think he could do a decent job at this level. Um, Craig, MW, I'm not mad about another manager change mid-season, but if Paul Lambert wants to go, he should go. He did a great thing bringing back the feel-good factor, but this squad team isn't improving He's not made big decisions in MW's view around Chambers, NCR excuse. He's suggesting Nash and Hogg, which I think would be a bit of a gamble. Um, you know, we're going to have questions about Lambert. Lambert's post-match after Gillingham didn't help. Um, what's your take on on stick with Lambert or twist and, um, yeah, Nash or Hogg? Oh, you're giving me that one. You'll give me that question, are you? Um, I, I personally, at the moment in time, I would, I would stick and on the assumption that he's going to himself, he himself is going to stick with a formation because at the moment he's just ballsing it up. And I said, not the last time I was on, but the time before that I hope he's as good tactically as he seems to think he is. Well, I don't think he is as good tactically as he seems to think he is or the players that he's got aren't as clever is not the right word, but aren't as clever to deal with this plethora of, styles and tactics and formations that they're getting thrown at each and each and every week. If he can settle on a formation and there's no reason to my eyes, and I know Joe's spoken about it previously, there's no reason to my eyes, well, we can't go back to the formation he actually tried for the first two or three months he was in the job with us. You know, I remember going to Reading, um, it was his first away game. Um, and Ooh. it was a bit extreme because we had, we had split centre-halves to the extreme and Skews was sitting in the D on outside the 18-yard box, and we were, you know, trying to play out from the back and having Jordan Roberts as our focal point. That Seb's talking about needing a focal point up front. Um, but for some reason, we just seem to have gone away from it. But to my eyes, we've got we've got players in the squad that could, especially now that Sears is back, that can play that formation. If you think you've got Sears and Jackson as your quick uh, wide people, and Norwood Stroke. Keen as your focal point in the middle. You've got a number 10 that, you know, is more than happy to roam around and get involved. <laughs> Especially in the middle um, of the pitch, yeah. yeah. Exactly that, yeah, yeah. And you've, and you've got you know, either wing backs. I don't know. I, I would stick with him um, for the time being, NW. Um, so as long as he promises not to, not to balls it up. I say, I, I think he's tried to be too clever for some reason. I don't know why. He's just tried to be too clever this season, and it it patently hasn't worked so far. So just get back to basics, keep it simple, stupid, and um, yeah, see how we get on. But uh, and in terms of next managers, I, I would pretty much say that the next guy in charge will be McGrill. Oh, my Cole, you supporting brother in law, and not be happy about that. Um, yeah, so, good enough tra- reason to do it, then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right, just to piss him off. Um, Tractor Boy Pete has asked us about. Um, what we think our best for, uh, team and formation. And we said Joe has tweeted about this, uh, I think, today, actually. So worth looking at that. Seb, have you got anything to add on the formation? For me, it has to be 4-3-3. We have, uh, we have so many central midfielders. Uh, that is the, the real strong area of our team. And, and like Craig said, with Sears coming back, obviously, 
you'd expect Lancaster um, to be one of the one of the wide forwards as well. Appreciate he's not going to be around for probably this entire season. But with with Jackson and Sears as the wide options, Norwood through the middle, and then it gives you that, that you, you can play the likes of Downs in uh, sorry the likes of Dizelle in central midfield because he can he can do what he wants to do. He can break he can break forward, look to make those killer passes into the channels, and he's got the the security of either Downs and Scoose or Downs and Nolan or somebody else behind him. You know, Nolan wants to play as a almost like a box to box, and he gets his favourite position. Downs is your insurance policy as your as your defensive player or or, or Scoose, and it, it just seems to be the best way to get our squad into into some sort of you know recognised positions. You're not playing people out of position week in week out, and um, and hopefully if you did that, you'd get some settled performances on the pitch. Yes or no? Do you think we'll drop the four four two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Noel Baker asks us, does anyone think Lambert knows what system to play, what players to play, or um, what way to play? Um, he says he must go see you rather later. I think we've just debated that, and Craig has given quite an eloquent view on um, what Lambert's trying to do. Seabass um, speak. Um, surely too much faffing around with formations and no definitive style of play are now biting us in the bum. Um, uh, ben and I had spoke about that earlier in the season, even when we were winning. Um, I think we could all agree that, you know, I, th- I think maybe um, we got by at the start of the season with the you know the presence and the names in our squad to unsettle the opposition. We've been kind of found out, haven't we? And and now is the tinkering to get back, Craig, to maybe how we were before? Is it desperation rather than anything else? Yeah, and but we've lost. We've where other teams have had that period of pre-season and then settling to the season and getting their you know understandings together. We've well, I hope it's not going to happen, but. Are we at the case we're in effect starting from scratch now? We've we've wasted that that time by going from formation to formation to formation to formation each and every week. I hope we haven't lost it, and that you know, well, are our players that better than everyone else's? Um, I just think we just need to get need to get settled. And what, what's what's striking is the amount sheer amount of <clears throat> excuse me supporters that you see on twitter and on the message boards that are all saying the same thing aren't they where is the style where is the formation where, where is the the settled way of playing that we seem to see other teams now flourishing not mm. all of them Wickham, for example but you know oxford rotherham are now starting to click coventry we saw three times in quick succession they looked like they had a, a decent way of playing and understanding together yeah and it's a team rather than individuals. At this level, good individuals get plucked by the Championship, maybe Premier League teams, don't they? So it is about being a cohesive unit, and we just aren't that, are we? Um, Paul Westlake, do you think we've actually found our level, um, i.e. a third-tier playoff side? Um, he wonders if the first 10 games flattened us um, and gave us false hope. Um, does he, Do we think a change of manager will solve anything? The money isn't there. Seb, um, do you think we've found our level? I mean, financially, you've just alluded to it before about Marcus Evans. Do you believe that? Yeah, financially, I guess you could say we are a, a what was the wage bill? Was it 20th in the championship or so? So you could argue we are a, a relegation zone championship side or a, or an upper an upper league one side. Um, what do you say about change? Would you change the manager? Again, I wouldn't change the manager. I agree with Craig. For now, I would stick with him. But if we start to drop out of the playoffs, I would be really, really worried. Um Barry Mann asks, I'll do this slowly, Craig, so you can have a sip of water. Um, are there any positives we can take from the recent games and, and no wins since November? Or is it as bad as it sounds? We now sit fourth. Still not a bad position. Um, struggling to score until yesterday. You know, that's three goals we scored yesterday. Set pieces, admittedly. Um, 
any positives that we I'm trying to find them guys I'm, I am yeah, uh, no, doing my best I I'm going to I'm going to give you two I'm going to give you two um number one a positive is that we are currently so bad that it must have got through to Lambert that he needs to stop mucking about and to sort his shizzle out yeah that's that's going to be a positive I mean that's an assumption so that's half a positive keep going <laughs> okay uh and Sears I'll go for Sears as well Sears coming back I know I appreciate he's not gonna be fully fit for a bit but yesterday he did he came out of the game with two assists you know he had the flick on from the corner and the the ball into Keane two assists from 60 minutes you know it's just he's he's certainly not the panacea and you know he's suffering very much so and I know it's something that Dave and Mikey spoke about we listened to them their pod on the way up uh, yesterday about players getting immeasurably better when they're injured and not playing um, <laughs> yeah. you know he's certainly he's certainly can't wait for bishop to come back <laughs> he's certainly benefiting from that you know Christ, the the ovation he got when he came on uh, against gillingham was I don't know, something akin to a you know a homecoming hero. So it's like when Marcus no, hope- Stewart came back for Sunderland, wasn't it? Do you remember that? He came off the bench, <laughs> yeah. I think, against us yeah. at home, and then he nearly yeah. scored straight away. But um, I would just we'll, throw we'll in, keep- sorry, one more one more positive. I think was uh, was Will Keane. He took that goal really well. I know he, I know he messed up for their goal, but he took that goal really well. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see now the last few games. Perhaps he is starting to find a bit of a a bit of a decent run of form, which hopefully will will, will make up for Norwood's uh, uh, poor form. Yeah, no, the mullet is going to give you a nice slap on the back for that one. So well done. <laughs> um, Arthur Pickthorne, why is uh, Lambert picking central midfield combinations that are, consist- con- that are constantly being overrun? Does Owen Nolan too lightweight off the ball? Um, poor downs and Scoose are struggling to cope. Um, your thoughts on... We, 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 we said 4-4-2 is, is dead, long live something else. So we're talking about midfield three, I guess, now. What is your preferred midfield three set uh, everyone being fit everyone being fit probably down Scoose and uh, and Dizelle Scoose is the insurance policy a lot of people were saying how happy they were that he's out the side etc but you know we conceded five goals yesterday so I was just that's probably an argument for him still wanting to be involved Downs is your, uh, um, your, your one of your first things on the team sheet he's done well this season albeit a little blip and Dizelle for that creative spark in, in central midfield it doesn't look like Lambert seems to, to, to trust Hughes uh, he's not played a minute mm. of football over the festive period at all so I'm, I'm guessing from now on I mean that's all something online about a link with a, a move to I think it was Accrington Stanley for for the second half of the season on low yeah. maybe to get some fitness in I, I, I don't know if that's anything in that I, I very much doubt it but he doesn't seem to trust him so and, and Nolan certainly isn't the the goal scoring midfielder we hoped he would be and, and what he was at Shrewsbury so for me it would be Scoos is the, the sort of the insurance policy and Downs and Dizelle on the side of him. Craig do you want to give us your midfield config? Yeah sim- I, I I'd say it's a little harsh saying that Downs is lightweight in the middle. I think the the problem. I don't, he has sorry, I don't think often... he, to be fair to Arthur. I don't think he said that. I think he's. Um, blah, blah, blah. I think he, he's, he's saying that there's, to cope, I think, didn't they? there's quite a lot of work for them to do because yeah. Nolan and Dizelle. Leave yeah, but I think yes, yeah. No, then then I I fully agree that you know Downs. There was a, there was a point yesterday, yes, where Downs was you know tackling his man and getting up off the floor and on his haunches, looking over to his left or his right, expecting his centre midfield teammate to be tackling the other their other centre midfielder and he wasn't so he's having to get up and get over and do that tackle as well sort of thing so he's in effect doing a two man's tackling job in the centre midfield which is why you know I think we can all we're all in agreement that a, a midfield two isn't the way to go and similarly with skews you know we know what skews offers um but I'm 
I'm not sure he offers it in a two um, anymore, um, but he can he can more than offer it in a three in games and circumstances that require it. And I'd similar to Seb, you know, we know I'd like to see Dazel get a run um, as long as he's got a bit of security around him. Downs is first second name on the team sheet, and then Skews Nolan. Any of those two mm-hmm. to depending on which game and, and situation you find yourself in. We've lamented the four four two. It's it's you know, it is in an old fashioned type formation, it's you've got, you know, you need positional discipline, certainly, which we don't have either. Um Ipswich John kind of asks and, and I'm inferring on his question, so apologies, Ipswich John, if I'm reading the wrong things into this. Um the distance between our attack and midfield and our midfield and defence has been an issue all season. We're not compact out of possession and not expansive with the ball. We're neither one or the other. Um and he believes this comes from the coaching staff. And inconsistent team selections. Seb, your thoughts on four four two? It's limited, isn't it? Really, by um, you, you know breaking the lines we talked about. You know, you haven't got a defensive midfielder unless you play a diamond. It's it is a limiting formation, isn't it? It is, yeah. And when you've got people out of position, it only makes things worse. Um, in the four four two, I guess you've got to have somebody sort of like Scoos did when Lambert first joined up. He would drop um, and receive the ball from the keeper, and then look to sort of you know progress up the pitch. Too often we just hoof the ball down the pitch and hope, hopefully for a flick on or, or something to come of it. Everyone says that Bishop is the one who perhaps from a, from a midfield three could sort of run with the ball and, and, and break the lines and whatnot. But I don't think we can guarantee him being fit. So for, for me, four four two is gone. The gap yesterday was very very noticeable. No one was dropping deep to pick it up off of the uh, off of the goalkeeper and I think in a midfield three someone like Dizel could do that role because he's got the insurance policy either side of him uh, and then he could link, look to link with the uh, with, with the forwards uh, the, we've gone from isolating when we're playing one up front uh, one up front to our two strikers being isolated as well haven't we you know yesterday Jackson and Orwood nowhere you know they were isolating themselves from each other almost but there's that big void as Ipswich John has said between the midfield and the attack as well isn't it which Having a number ten might solve. Seb? Yeah, I mean they didn't link up at all well yesterday. I mean in previous games we've seen Jackson running the channels and uh, and Nor doing a bit of the dirty work, but yesterday they just didn't link up. If you've got that player in behind, I mean last year at Tranmere, Norwood played with a with a number ten behind him for pretty much all of the season, so he's used to that kind of service. I don't think he's used to to playing up front in a two, and I think it's starting to show in his game. If you have somebody who uh, who's breaking from midfield, you know, and 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 looking to play those balls into the forwards, I think we'd benefit massively. Go on, Craig. Sorry for cutting you off. No, no I, was gonna, I was just going to say that it's also something that Chambers said, didn't he? In his in his post match interview, was there's too much space between departments on the pitch, which I thought was. A rather startling thing for the club captain to be saying out loud, should we say? Um, but you know, do, does that in itself is it just a manifestation from not knowing what system it is and not knowing who's playing it and etc. etc. It's something we've been through before. But the midfield two yesterday were not not going to be breaking lines and you know offering anything other. Whatever midfield two we seem to pick, it's just a flat midfield too isn't it and then you know the wingers aren't offering us any wing I call them wingers the wide midfielders aren't offering us anything any sort of outlet at all either at the moment Matt Thomas asks um we've, so we've talked about the results it's all about the lack of kind of style and formation and all that stuff um what um sorry no we've, we haven't talked about the style what suits us in terms of a way of playing Craig um he's advocating kind of a hyper he's called it hyper pressing I'm guessing that's high press or Gagan press, maybe I don't know, um, <laughs> which would need Scoose dropped. Um, your thoughts on well, you know we've we've talked a lot about 
formations and personnel. But what is the, what is the style of play? Because it Burton, it was counter attacking, and it kind of worked, didn't it? Um, do we need to go back to that kind of sit back, uh, or in League One, a team's going to sit back against us? It doesn't work. What what do we need to do? Yeah, well, there, there you are, isn't it? That that's that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? We and you know if if we believe what Joe was led to believe himself is that we spent a lot of preseason co- being coached into the counter-attacking way of play. Well, how many teams are going to be, you know, pushing us back to the edge of our, our box, ready for us to exploit space behind them? Not too many. They'll mm. be, they're, you know, lumping their balls up to their big guys up front and, and, Even um, Wickham did that. Yeah. Yeah. Top exactly league, yeah. that. Um, so yeah, what is our style? Is it, a playmaker, a quarterback. Is it a number ten? Is it wide players bombing forward? Is it overlapping fullbacks? Is it none of the above? I couldn't honestly tell you what it is at the moment. He's got two days to sort it out. Um, Daryl, <laughs> I make Daryl in Florida. Hello, Daryl. Um, has retweeted himself from this time last year. Um, do Town need a new captain? Um, same problem this time as last year, he says. Well, then, instead of bringing in one in, in, is it time to pass the torch to Flynn down, Seb? Um, in my opinion, no. Uh, I know they did poorly yesterday, but but Chambers is sort of the the one who does hold things together. I appreciate yesterday, like Craig said, there was absolutely no no vocals on the pitch, but I think it would be a very, very big ask to give Flynn Downs the captaincy, especially in a in a poor run of form. Uh, I think one day, hopefully, he'll stick with us and he, he will be captain material, but for now, I, I wouldn't take it off Chambers. He seems to be the one who uh, all, they all sort of you know look to. He has half the youth team living in his house, etc. I, would, uh, I, I wouldn't look to take it off him. Interesting TWTD debates for anyone who's not seen those on the influence that Chambers and Scoots have, um, which, uh, you know, you can read it on there. Some interesting thoughts on that. Um, maybe we'll come back to that another time. Um, Super Friends is, is a three-parter. We've dealt with parts A and C. Um, B, um, Lambert, the cause, lots of cause for Lambert to go. Um, do you, oh no, sorry, do you think this is likely, part one, do you think this is likely? It's more likely that Lambert will go walk himself, won't it? Craig? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, well, crikey. He seems, just seems to have muddied the waters himself, doesn't he? And, and no one seems to quite know yet what the reason is behind him doing it. You know, that the cryptic post-match interview from, from so Gillingham, wasn't it? Um, and because after yesterday, there was, there was no such talk, was there? There was nothing relating to that. It was all very much, you know, we go again. We're going to stick together. We've had a good chat in the changing rooms. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, see how that, let's see. And if it was a Hollywood, and if it was a Hollywood movie, we'd go to Wickham and you know spank them two or three nil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So sorry. Going back to Super Friends is um, point question. Um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be under Lambert's terms, I think, at the moment. I don't know how bad it will have to get before Evans pulls the trigger I can't I don't imagine it's in his thinking at the moment there was an interesting comment from Lambert about Evans paid him a massive compliment you know you are the best um which perhaps is embellished slightly for dramatic effect um let's skip through a couple more of these we've 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 had loads of these so thank you everyone there's obviously a lot of themes repeating themselves um but we always appreciate the questions um Olimar Alistair um given how we were winning games without playing well in the season there's an argument that any average but experienced managers should be able to round this squad into something more successful, Seb. 
Well, any manager who decides on a on a pattern of play and a formation could could do something with this squad. The problem comes from all the all the chopping and changing. Um, you, you look out there and think, who would we who would we possibly look to to a point if we were to let Lambert go? I, there's no one for me that sort of that, that would jump out. I know Craig said John McGreal, um, stuff about Nathan Jones, perhaps. But um, all all a, all a manager has to do is look at the group of players he has and think to himself, what formation fits these guys best and what kind of pattern of play are we going to produce? That's that's all you have to do. If you look at that squad, like we've spoken, four three three is the uh, is, is is for me what the formation we should be playing. And, and from that, you work out: do we have overlapping fullbacks? Do we build from the back you know it doesn't it doesn't seem to be to be rocket science um find a pattern of play pick a settled formation and 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 we know that wins games you know, we've, already, we've we've already got an average experienced manager yeah okay we don't need another we don't need another one we've, we've got an average one thanks okay um Delmi boy 79 um is it fair for fans to we've talked about this to blame evans for the current unraveling mess on on the pitch probably not the fact we are where we are, have we agreed that he's, that's largely he's, he's to blame the bigger picture stuff. He's to blame for being in League One, in my opinion, through underinvestment, etc. But I, I, you can't hold him accountable for, for what's going on at the moment. He gave Lambert the players he wanted. He did back him. So he's not to blame for this run of, run of form. Um, the pin has got uh, quite an interesting double threader. So I'll, rather than read that out in full, we'll, um, I'll encourage people to look through that. Um, he's mentioned... Um, Thomas Holly, though, Craig, um, being left out of the team, presumably after Norris's performance against Lincoln, Holly's got to start against Wickham, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't, still don't really understand why Holly was dropped in the first instance. Was it South End, wasn't it? He, Norris came in, mm. <clears throat> and, and the reason was to give him match experience or something along those lines, if I remember rightly. Well, where, where the hell does that come from all of a sudden? What, what, why is that a thing? So, no, stick to number one. You know, as as I pointed out on the Twitter, where it was eight changes of goalkeeper in ten matches isn't ideal for anybody. Just stick our our player in at number one until you make some horrendous rick. Um, you know, it's not as if Norris has been playing like Bart from 2017 or whatever, is it? He's, he's, let's give him a little bit of a little bit of a pass for the Gillingham match because you know it probably wasn't the most ideal conditions to be a goalkeeper in, but. Um, yeah, yesterday is more than enough to, to get Holly in and get him settled and you know get him back playing again. There's it's quite, <laughs> quite a lot of individual just comments rather than questions, all of which are kind of of a negative or a miserable <laughs> or downbeat nature, which you can understand. Mullet's, a Will Keen superfan Mullet um, kind of sums it all. I'll, I'll read this one and we'll find one more, which is a little bit more kind of upbeat um, to end with. But Mullet asks, um, that's the lowest point of all, isn't it, Seb? Um, arguably, yeah, an awful result. Um, put and we're now out of the automatic places. I mean, it, it could conceivably get worse if we lose to Wickham. Um, the gap to, to seventh is now. Is it? I think it's a point now, isn't it? So conceivably, we could be about to drop out of the uh, out of the promotion places. But the good thing is that um, things can only get better. That's the, that's the best thing. <laughs> there it, you it go. Can, it can only get better. We are fourth. Um, I know the cliche at the start of the season. If you'd said we'd be fourth, blah blah, we'd all snap your hand off. Um, despite this awful, awful run of form, we are still slap bang in there, and and things can only get better. And like Craig said surely now Lambert will realise he has to stop all the tinkering and the only way is up yeah maybe after 
a defeat on Sky again, and then maybe well, no, anyway. Wickham are, in, Wickham are in awful, awful form. I know we are so bad on Sky, and I know we laugh about, you know, when we come to town, etc. cetera, uh, teams are on bad runs. They, they want us to rock up, but they're in a really, really bad run of form, and uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about New Year's Day. I don't know why. I'm basing that on no logic, but I'm optimistic about New Year's Day. The only way is up. Yeah, yeah. The only way is up, other than we we could potentially be about seventh or eighth come five o'clock New Year's Day. The faith. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Pennings just sent a selfie of a miserable face. Luke, I hope (laughs) I hope things turn around. You look quite young, so maybe you've you've, we'll talk about we'll we'll have a bit of a run through the the last decade because it's not being a good one for young supporters like Luke. But hopefully, maybe Seb's optimism is right. You know, we'll start the the new decade with a positive. Tim Donovan's also um, mentioning uh, Exeter. He's going there in the home end. Um, he's local, but um, also makes mention of a long trip for people to Exeter next weekend as well. So that's important. James Golk, Warwickshire alumni. James Golk asked quite a personal question. Well, kind of, uh, whilst it's not kind of overly positive, it is kind of a, a, probably a, a good theory there. Um, are we regressing or are the teams just finding their rhythm and improving? Um Craig, do you want to take that one? Uh, yeah, yeah. I th- I'm of I'm of the mind. Well, are we regressing? Well, yes. Well, we are. We are regressing. regressing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I think there is a lot in the, as James says, a lot in the fact that, and as I sort of spoke about earlier, that teams are starting to get their acts together purely by sheer weight of having played half a season with similar players with similar formations, and are just now starting to to get into get into the swing of things. Hence, why you're you're now seeing that like condensing of the. It is absolutely yeah, that's right. Was there five points between about ten teams or something? Isn't there just below Wickham? So I think that sort of proves the point that he, no, he's right that teams are just starting to get into the swing of things and therefore starting to beat each other rather than it being a you know a one horse race away at the top for for someone. And and kind of merging those two bit, the, you know, the mullet question and, and James's question there. There is something to be said, and I think I've mentioned this in the pod before, about us sorting our shit out now rather than having this run in March or April and then missing out. So you said it, Craig. Hopefully this is a kick up the arse for Lambert. He's learning some lessons, hopefully, and as Seb has said, hopefully the only way is, is up from here. But there is plenty of football still to be played. Let's just do the roundup quickly before we... Um, I've got a bit of a stuff on Wickham, a bit of end of the decade polls that we've did. Just want to go through the results of that. Um, just some, uh, let's see if I can. I'm clever enough to figure out the results that matter at the top half of the table. Uh, Wimbledon one, um, Oxford two. Oxford, the form team, up into the automatic places for them. Um, Bolton hunting down Southend, a draw for them against Shrewsbury. Doncaster one, Sunderland two. Sunderland, is this the start of their resurgence or is this a, another kind of false dawn for them? Um, Fleetwood nil, Bristol Rovers nil. Probably a good result for the teams in the player positions, that one. Um, MK Dons 3, Portsmouth 1. Portsmouth who have beaten us and Wickham in the last the last two matches. Rotherham 4, Peterborough nil. guys. Is it silly season? Are we writing down these results to Christmas turkey? And I yet, don't know. And there's, there's still people, you know... Saying Sack Lambert getting Ferguson all my life, really? Mm. Do we? <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Tranmere one, Grant Ward's Blackpool one, and Wickham one, <laughs> Coventry City four. Play up Sky Blues. Great goal in that. Hat trick from Matty Gooden. Um, really nice goal in that one. I don't know which one it is. Another kind of back heel pass, and he slams it in. Quite similar to Wickham, uh, Lincoln's first goal. Um, but Wickham 
bad run of form, guys. Let me tell you about their form. Only one win since they drew with us 0-0 in November. Um, they do have Akin Fenwa back from a suspension. Um, he got sent off against Oxford. I think it was the second yellow. Um, but three defeats on the bounce. Oxford 1-0. I mentioned that. Portsmouth I mentioned as well. It was 2-0. Coventry yesterday. Um, some key defenders missing um, who might come back. Um, Darius Charles and Jack Grimmer. Um, they do rotate. They've got quite an old squad as well. Matt Bloomfield played yesterday. I wonder whether he might duck out against against us. But uh, the big question, really, less about Wickham because we know more about Ipswich. What the hell do we guys? What do we do, guys, tomorrow? I mean, Seb, uh, are we? It's a four-three-three formation for Wickham. Do we match up to this, um, or do we go back to the Coventry formations? What is your what's your prediction? That at least not, I won't get a score prediction just yet, but formation prediction. Formation prediction, I think 4-3-3. Um, I've, I've got a feeling he might start Sears. Again, I'm basing that on no knowledge whatsoever. But Edwards has been really off form recently. So I'd like to see a 4-3-3. Scoops back in the midfield alongside Dizel and Downs. Um, Sears either in for Edwards or Judge. I'm, I'm not sure who you'd put him in for at the moment. And Norwood as the, uh, as the lone striker. I'd match up with them. I wasn't that impressed at Portman Road with them. There was, you know, shithousery kind of tactics from them. We should have beaten them. A perfectly good goal disallowed. So I wasn't that impressed by them. And the, the run of form they're on, I think I, I think we can win that. Craig, what's your um, what's your formation for New Year's Day? Yeah, I th- I'd, <clears throat> similar formation. I think I'd have I'd have Keane up front. I think he, Norwood's just been so far off the boil recently. I'd, I'd have Keane, um, you know, far it pains me to say it, you know, with our friends, uh, somewhat um, spooky little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, obsession. likeness. Obsession. Right. Let's go obsession then. Yeah, yeah, let's go obsession. Um, <laughs> My way, not yours. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think I'd go, for, I'd go for Keane in the middle and I'd I'd go Jackson and Sears either side of him. I'd just go for it and then I'd probably bring Nolan, if, assuming they're fit, Nolan and Skews, I'd probably bring back in. I don't think, I'd, I know Nolan doesn't offer us much, but does he offer us a little bit more solidity than Dizelle does, having just said that I'd like to give Dizelle a round of, run of games. You know, it's just, I'm not sure whether he's trusted enough just yet. I don't know. Dinassian, we don't know about his injury, do we? Is 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 that a, a doubt for New Year's Day? Who plays right back if Dinassian's not fit, or do we go to a three? I, I would, Wolfenden, for me. Okay. And Wilson alongside um, Chambers. It's going to be interesting. It would be great to to start a new decade by wiping the slate clean of this sky hoodoo, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, who knows? Just to quickly sum up the league table going into this match, um, you've talked about the kind of points situation. Wickham are top on 43, um, with Oxford now um, on uh, 39 and second. Uh, Rotherham now up there on a great run of form at the moment as well, 38 points, one point behind Oxford. We're one point behind them, along with Coventry and Peterborough on 36. Bristol Rovers also on 36, just outside Fleetwood, still keeping their noses in it as well. Portsmouth are there. Um, there is this league, as Craig has said, has just really collapsed in on and points-wise, uh, it's really tight. So uh, a couple of wins or a couple of defeats, and we could be frankly anywhere well, plenty to talk about no doubt in the coming weeks um, guys I just want to get your kind of thoughts before we close we know player stats right although I do have some statistics um, kind of in the form of these Twitter polls that we've done I'm kind of calling the results early on these because some of them are not particularly close anyway so I'm not sure it's 
a late rally from anyone is going to make too much difference. But just get your thoughts on what we've, what's been a pretty crappy decade in our club's history, <laughs> uh, where we find ourselves ending it in League One. Um, here are some of the questions that we asked our um, our folks on Twitter. Um, manager of the decade, quite an easy one, um, as you ex- probably expect. Mick McCarthy absolutely strolled that one with seventy five percent. There were votes for Roy Keane, probably just from the renegade stat man. Um, Paul Jewell managed to get 2%, though I suspect that might be a protest vote or a Norwich vote there. Um, Lambert, 18% though. Was that higher? Is McCarthy's 75% Craig higher than you'd expect, given it, the way that it ended? Well, it depends if... <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to get a lot of abuse on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I would have him crossed out. I don't understand why he's not. 90 something percent and i don't get me wrong i mccarthy should have left after that lincoln fa cup game in my eyes but you know i didn't get quite as upset with him as as other people did but i was bored stupid by the football that i was forced to watch for the last year 18 months whatever it happened to be um but you know over the course of a decade i'm not sure you know for all the pr that lambert's done and the bringing of um, fans and club back together. What what are we judging managers on? An an, an ethereal PR, you know, emotion or hard statistical facts? You know, the guy's got us relegated. And I'm not sure what his win percentage is, but I don't think it's great. Um, so yeah, I, I'd I'd have him a little bit lower and and McCarthy a little bit higher. Um, Tim Pashley makes a case for um, Terry Connor, who has a 100% record in charge of the club. Um, check it, check Wikipedia or the internet for that one. Um, best match, not particularly Rich Pickens here. The, the clear winner, the Arsenal 1-0 in the League Cup. We won't mention the second leg. Um, West Ham 5-1, we put in there. Watford 1-0 in the 14-15 season, the last minute Chaplow goal. Newcastle 3-1 was in there and, and Mullet mentioned Brentford 4-2, but not particularly, as I said, Rich Pickens there, guys. You, there's nothing you can think of apart from that Arsenal game, really. Nope. <laughs> Good. We'll skip through these quickly. Um, best permanent signing. Um, this is quite close between Chambers and Mings. I guess value for money-wise, obviously we didn't spend anything for Chambers. Mings, we spent a pittance but got a big fee in, or Marcus Evans got a big fee. Um, yeah, Cresswell was in there. Um, Murphy in there too. Any arguments about that one, Seb? Any other permanent transfers? I'd, I'd had Murphy second behind Chambers because the one good season in the decade was 14-15 and, and he was the reason, he was the catalyst for that season. So for me, he'd be second behind Chambers, but um, but I think Chambers deserves to win that overall. Um, Loney then, um, a little bit more competition on this one. Um, Bullard, definitely not in the running for permanent signing, um, but Loney, um, he got 19% of the way. It's really tight actually between Lawrence on 38 and Fraser on 37%. Those two the standouts. Johnny Williams is in there, GB. Won't be happy that he's propping up in last position. We didn't really mention Maitland-Niles or Selena, but no surprises about those two, Craig? No, that's right. Um, I think if Fraser had played more while he was with us rather than being injured for a chunk, then he'd have, he'd have potentially won it by more. I voted for Bullard, I think, off the top of my head because you know I just like central midfielders who can dribble around people and score goals and have shots. He won player of the seasons as well, didn't he? Off the back of yeah, that. off the back of about a dozen matches, wasn't That's it? That's how bad that season was. And last one, um, close to my heart, this one. Um, best kit, um, the 09... This is when we had kits for two seasons, by the way. Um, 09 to um, 
10 to 10 to 11 home shirt, um, which was the one we wore for the Arsenal game, if you want to remember that. And that got 9%. Um, 14, 15 home kit, won it by a landslide. So 63% when we got back to Adidas. Um, I lobbed in the 16, 17 away kit. I thought that's quite, the white one's quite minimalist, quite nice. Um, and the Barcelona 1920 edition, because we can actually wear it and we'll probably be wearing it against Wickham. Um, but 70% and 11% for those respectively. Um, no other ones really mentioned. The Adidas kit, maybe that 14-15 season as well. But um, yeah, that 14-15 pair was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, the return. Thinks... Sorry, Greg. Sorry, I just, just say the return to Adidas just was a was a bit of a fillip for everyone, wasn't it? At the time, we'd, mm. we'd gone through a few in-house uh, makes and bits and pieces, hadn't we? But uh, to be fair to the club, they you know they uh, laid on laid on nice and thick as well, don't they, for the return of Adidas? And 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 they do a good job, and they have got some nice leisure stuff and tracksuits and hoodies and bits and pieces like that as well. Yep. And Mikey mentioned Mikey from the pod team mentioned the pinstripe kit as well that, with the collar. That was that's quite nice. Though, a little bit. I think some people are not sure about the collars in twenty sixteen or whatever it was. But um, yeah, there you go. Any, any other big memories for you guys from the decade, or should we just leave it, consign it to the rubbish bin, which is where it belongs? Frankly, Seb, any any big moments for you? No, there were some good good games in the 14-15 season. You mentioned the Brentford game. Leeds at home was, you know, 4-1. There were some decent games, but as a general rule, the decade's been been awful. So consign <laughs> to the bin and let, let, let's move on and hope that the next decade is a lot, lot more positive. Move on. Craig, anything you want to mention? Um, which is that someone, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was, was asking, is this the worst decade in our history? Um, and I, and I, I thought about it. I think, I'm not sure it is. Is it the 80s, isn't it? If we, in terms of decline over the course of a decade to go As from curve. Yeah. second in the league and UEFA you know, Cup. Cup winners to John Duncan and 16th in the league below, I think it's a pretty, it's a, it's a larger step than Roy Keane and 15th, whatever it is, to Paul Hurst in fourth. So, oh, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a positive hey, for everyone. Hey. <laughs> well, let's hope, guys, for a better decade in the 20s. It's weird to say that. It is the 2020s. Um, let's do some plugs. And then there, and um, we are back, obviously, for the Wickham game. I think it's me, Mikey, and Joe um, talking through that one um, in the in the next decade. Um, so tune in for that. You can find all the details for that, including the questions tweet, at Blue Monday ITFC. You can also find me, at Ips Rich. Um, Seb, where can we find you on Twitter? At Brown S08. Anything else that you want to plug? Any... Uh, no, you know, just happy new year to everybody. Thank you gowns. for the interactions and whatnot. And um, as I said before, here's to a much more positive uh, new start to the new year. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Craig, anything, uh, where's your Twitter and, and anything you'd like to sign off with? Uh, I'm at FIMS75. And no, just to reiterate, happy new year, everyone. Let's, uh, yeah, let's hope come May we're, we'll look back at this and have a damn good chuckle. <laughs> and yeah so on behalf of all the pod team um in advance a happy new year enjoy yourselves on new year's eve and hopefully we have something positive to talk about on new year's day it would be brilliant if the next decade is much better we start with a promotion i think you said this at christmas seb um thank you for everyone's contributions as well this year and for the you know we've been around for the last half of the decade and here's to half a decade and, and a lot more to follow as well from the podcast as well but um thank you for your support have a great new year's look after each other be nice to each other on social media as well please and we'll see you in 2020 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.